You're listening to episode 187 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the relationship between time and the quality of your relationships. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've seen it happening more and more and more often. And I've even become aware of asking those types of questions myself, where when you hear, for example, how long, you know, that, that somebody has, uh, is in a relationship or they're, they're dating, they're married, whatever. One of the first questions that often comes to mind is, oh, how long have you been together? And it's a perfectly valid question, but more and more, I'm starting to see how little the amount of time someone has been with somebody else has to do with the quality of that relationship. And this also applies to friendships. This applies to business relationships, partnerships, anything like that. There's so many different types of relationships where time has nothing to do with how good or how maybe not so good that relationship is. And we're, we're curious beings, right? Like we're, we're human beings. So we, we want to know that that's just kind of, I'm not sure if that's like a societal thing that we've kind of been trained to think about, or if it's just kind of natural human curiosity that we're like, you know, if we see, even if we see people that are, you know, really great friends, and they, they clearly have a really great connection and, and uh, love shared memories or something like that. You're like, you know, how, how long have you two known each other? It just is sort of the natural question. But I think that part of the problem is that we attach too much of, we, we attach too much to the time as opposed to considering the relationship itself. And first of all, time is technically a, a construct that we've created. You know, we've, we've all heard that saying about we, we all have the same 24 hours in the day as Beyonce. <laughs> and I have a lot of thoughts on that, but that's a separate podcast episode. <laughs> However, I do think that we put too much stock into how long we've known someone or how long other people have maybe been together as either a romantic relationship or whatever, how long they've been friends, business partners, anything like that. We put too much stock in that as opposed to considering what the actual health of the relationship is. And the length of time that two people have known each other or have been together or whatever, I would argue that it's largely irrelevant to a degree, to a degree. I'm going to get into, into this more, but when you say you're in a relationship, whether this dating, marriage, whatever, one of the very first things that most people will ask is how long you've been together. And I was in a very long-term relationship and I was so proud of being able to tell people how long we'd been together as a couple with each year that passed. And I was validated 
by their reactions. So by the time we hit, you know, year four, five, six, seven, eight, nearly nine years it had rolled around, I was secretly thrilled when people would marvel at how long we'd been a couple and how happy we seemed, which was completely true, by the way, as far as I was concerned, and continuously uh, was reminded by my ex in the wake of finding out about his infidelity that he claims he actually was very happy with me, that it was a separate uh, reasoning and... <laughs> I don't think anyone will, will ever fully understand what happened there. If you want more information on that, you can check out one uh, episode 117 for the full story on that. Um, but I, I felt like it was a, a very happy relationship. Um, however, now that I have been out of it for long enough and I have enough space to look back upon it, what I believed was very happy then I think is ultimately going to be a very def different definition of what I consider to be happy in the future, if that makes sense. And that's the thing. It's all about perspective, right? Like we, we only know what we know when we're in it. And it's not until you have some space and hindsight is twenty twenty when you can look back and go, okay, maybe that wasn't uh, quite as good as I thought it was or quite as happy as I thought it was. And I mean, I also knew my partner, uh, my, my former partner for three years before we ever even started dating and we were good friends. And again, I used that construct of time to validate that he must be good for me. And it changed how I viewed him and it made me trust him perhaps a bit more blindly than potentially paying attention to some of the red flags that I was seeing because I had known him for X period of time and I felt that I could trust trust him more, I think, based purely on the amount of time that I had known him for. And that's not to say, again, that, you know, time is completely irrelevant, but I think that sometimes it can make us complacent and it can uh, sort of have us attribute the health of the relationship to, well, if we've been together this long and, and we haven't killed each other yet, we must be happy. <laughs> If that makes sense. It, and that, to, not to say that that's always the case, but I think that sometimes that can play a bit of a role. And don't, don't mistake me here. Maintaining a relationship, particularly a romantic relationship, takes a lot of work. If you're going to make it a happy one and what many would define as a so-called successful relationship. And Time together, like length of time together is an accomplishment if you're both learning and growing together and enjoying each other's company and, and building a life with each other. I'm in awe of my grandparents who were married for nearly 65 years before my grandmother passed away. And while their relationship was, was far from perfect, just like anyone else's, you could always sense how deeply they loved each other. That said, I do tend to believe that you can be with someone for six months or a year who is a far better match and treats you a thousand times better than somebody that you were with for 10 years. And I really want to underscore that this absolutely applies to friendships as much as to, as to romantic relationships. One great example of this in my life is my friend, Christina. You've heard me mention her on the podcast before. Uh, we've done lots of joint episodes together. Unfortunately, our time zone differences right now are not really conducive to us uh, recording any new ones at the moment, but hopefully that will change uh, in the future. We will definitely do more episodes together. It's just a timing thing at the moment. And then when we do get on the phone, we want to just catch up with each other as opposed to record a podcast episode. So one thing that I want you to know about Christina and, and 
and me. She's one of my absolute best friends in the world. We have only met in person three times. Three times. Think about how crazy that is. If you had told me that one of my absolute best friends in the entire world, I would have only met in person three, three times, I would have laughed in your face years ago. Been like, that's not even possible. You're out of your mind. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Like, how can you be that close to someone that you have seen that little of? But it takes work and putting in that time and, and that effort and that energy. And Christine and I um, only connected originally, I think about three years ago, I believe. So we've met like three times in three years, an average of once per year. <laughs> and that's just bonkers. But it just goes to show that, I mean, a, a lot of people will say that their, their best friend in the world is one that they've had since childhood. And that's amazing. That, I think that's so beautiful to be able to maintain that kind of a relationship through that many years and that much change and that much growth. That's such an incredible gift. And I'm also fortunate enough that one of my best friends in the world is a girlfriend who has been in my life since we were 12. So it's been 20, 21 years and uh, we're still extremely, extremely close. But I want you to ask yourself if time is the only reason why you're friends with people. In my case, with, with you know, my two closest girlfriends, one whom I have known uh, for the majority of my life and the other who I've only met a handful of times and have only known for three years, if, if you had asked me about that and, and if that was the only reason why I was friends, I mean, the thing is, is that you've, you've known them for, for so long sometimes that I think that that can start to overtake examining the health of the relationship because you're so used to having them in your life that they've become part of your comfort zone and vice versa. I'm certain that you are part of theirs as well. But is it possible that there's better and deeper connections out there for you if you didn't decide that you were set for life by the age of 18? And again, I'm not suggesting, you know, like drop friends or drop relationships or whatever, but maybe take a close look at how you feel in those relationships. Do those relationships energize you? Do they make you feel good about yourself? Do they make you feel like really, truly happy? Do you learn from that other person? Do they help you grow? Do they challenge you? but in like in a positive way. Sometimes I get a little bit thrown off when I see people whose only circle of friends are the ones that they've had since high school. It seems a little bit odd to me. Like, like when, when that's your only circle of friends, like when you don't have any other friends outside of that. And my question is always like, haven't you met anyone else in the last 20 years you even remotely liked enough to maintain a friendship with? Because if you haven't, I would potentially argue that you're maybe just not even making an effort to uh, connect with new people. And maybe you have your walls up and you could be meeting new people, but you're just not really interested in being friends with them. And that's okay if that's the case. That, that's fine. That's completely your choice. I just want to see if, I, I want to kind of plant in your head this idea of really checking in with yourself. And taking a close look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with and making sure that it's those relationships are really serving you and vice versa, that you're putting the effort into those relationships as well. 
I want you to know that it's 100% possible to create deep, meaningful relationships with somebody that you've only known for a short time. And a lot of this has to do with values and, and some of your values are likely going to change over time too. But one, like yet another example of this, I just booked a videographer for a special project and I knew almost instantly that she was the right one simply because we immediately connected and she seemed to have a lot of the same values as I do in a lot of ways. And when you start to, to do this over and over again and, and meeting new people and putting yourself in these little bit uncomfortable situations, you can start to get a feeling for people when you take a moment to really tune in with how they make you feel and really doing kind of that, that gut check a little bit. But listen, like we're not always going to get this right. <laughs> Clearly. Hello. I was lied to for nine years by the person I trusted most in the world. <laughs> Clearly we are not always going to get this right. Obviously there's all kinds of lessons that we're going to learn along the way, but it's, it's part of the learning experience to start to trust your instincts. And sometimes, yes, your instincts might absolutely come up wrong, but you will learn from that. I can't tell you how much I've learned from realizing how much I was ignoring my intuition for so long. And, and looking back, I think I can see where I was ignoring my intuition. But time isn't what matters the most. It's connection. It's love. It's a willingness to grow and have a lot, a lot of fucking uncomfortable conversations with somebody that is going to create those kinds of relationships that you want to hang on to. There's a quote that I've seen floating around the internet, um, in various places, but, but I think the most recent place that I saw it was on Mark Grove's, uh, create the love page. And the quote is you can meet someone who has better intentions for you than someone you've known forever. Time means nothing. Character does. And that just struck me on such a deep level because it also, to me, something else that I, that I, tends to come to mind when I think about this, this sort of time versus health of relationships continuum is that the strength it takes to hold on and the strength it takes to let go. That there's two different sides of this when it comes to a relationship that maybe isn't serving you quite as well as you would like it to. But sometimes it can be hard to let go of, of any of, of those relationships when we feel close to somebody or, or particularly attached to them. And that's very normal. That's very human, of course. But it can also start to be indicative of, of are you holding on for the sake of holding on? And for the sake of staying in that, that comfort, that, that known relationship, but then to let it go takes a huge amount of strength as well. And it opens up a bigger conversation around the strength required to both maintain a relationship, even in the hard times and the strength required to let a relationship go. That's no longer serving you. And I've done both in really significant ways and both are just as hard. I've heard arguments that, you know, it takes more strength to let go. It takes more strength to hold on. I have been on both extreme sides of those and both of them take immense, immense strength. But what I really want to leave you with the most in this are a, a couple different main points. Number one is to change our questions. So instead of asking how long someone has been together or, you know, a couple has been together or how long somebody has been friends with someone else, ask how happy they are. Ask what 
maybe they love most about that other person that they're in a relationship with, whatever the, the terms of that relationship. What, what, has, what have they learned the most from that person? How have they challenged them and pushed them out of their comfort zone? Ask those kinds of questions. Because just asking how long somebody has, has known someone else or uh, how long they've been together, yeah, it, it, it's relevant, but only to a point. And we place a little bit too much stock in the length of time as opposed to the health of the relationship. And then the other side of this is changing how we measure so-called success or the depth of a connection. Because a lot of times we're measuring success on the length of time. You know, when, when we hear that someone has been together for five, you know, 10, 15 years, we think, wow, that's, that's incredible. That's, that's, at first glance, that feels like a successful relationship. But look how many couples are getting divorced after years and years together. And a lot of them are coming out saying, you know, I've been miserable for years. And I wasn't, I wasn't miserable at all, but there were still some things that uh, weren't serving me very well that I was choosing to ignore for the sake of maintaining the relationship. And it was super validating for me to hear the almost, you know, congratulations practically when I would tell someone that I had been with my partner for nine years. So let's start to change how we measure and define the success of a relationship and instead take a closer look at the connection itself. And not to say that we should be putting, you know, everyone else's uh, relationships under the microscope from our point of view. I want you to use these, these things in your own relationships specifically and to start to redefine how you view and judge other people's relationships. Because yes, we never really know what's going on behind closed doors. No one ever does. Um, no one can ever be fully in someone else's relationship and, and fully understand the nuances of what has gone on there. But let's start to change that conversation a little bit and to not put quite so much stock into this construct of time and to look at how other people are really making us feel instead. Okay. So can't wait to jump back in on Thursday. I've got a really special business episode coming up for you. I can't wait to share it with you. So please let me know how this sits for you. Um, if you can screenshot this episode, tag me on social media over at Emily Goff coach. Let me know how you feel about this. Let me know if you have ever experienced this where you almost felt this validation in terms of, uh, how long you'd been friends with someone or, or how long you've been in a relationship with someone because of the time itself that that just felt really good to, to be able to say that. And, and let me know how you feel about this. If this is kind of shifting how you view the way you want to define success in relationships. So I'd love to hear from you on this. Uh, please reach out and thank you so much for listening. I'm always so grateful and it is just so cool to me that people tune in every week and I'm, I'm just over the moon that you give me your time and your ears for a certain amount of time every single week. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, 
write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you.